0: ABCC episode 96, my realization of the day. If I'm gonna drive a car, she's gotta have cherry red paint, big bright headlights, world class tires, an exhaust that won't quit, and windows that go all the way up. Well, that's how she would have been described if Kevin Bacon would have starred in this film as he was originally supposed to. More on that later. Let's take a hit and pass that spooky shit. Hello, hello! Welcome to the Blay Blunt Cinema Club, a podcast very high on horror films. My name is Devon
1: Taylor. Sitting across from me, I have Mr. Garrett McDowell. Ding, 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 Devon! You know what that sound is? We're, what is that? Sound? We're, we're ringing in the new month. We've got a new month on our hands, yes. which means we've got a new theme. Uh, and this month, we're actually fulfilling the the promise of our podcast and diving into different subgenres. <laughs> we had a series, and now yeah. we're actually dipping our toes into I mean, other subgenres. I mean, we've we've kept it pretty pretty even cuz by the time we get
0: mm-hmm. to the end of the year we will have done four franchises so yeah. i mean a, a third of the schedule i mean i'd say isn't too shabby no, i'm but we we're coming back though
1: we had, we, we had Predator, which uh, was a lot of different genres, mostly action and horror. But now we are kind of diving into a filmmaker, which is something that we haven't done maybe in a hot minute. Well, well, not even a filmmaker just yet. I mean, well, he, well, I mean, he did well, he did make you a, wait. <laughs> <laughs> he did
0: make a film. Um, but we're actually uh, before we tackle even a director's filmography, which I find interesting, is uh, we decide we're going to cover one of the uh, the most adapted. A uh, horror author of all time. Um, his stories have permeated through many a people's uh, childhoods and well into their adulthoods. And uh, his uh, stories are very adaptable for a reason, I'd say. Um, it is uh, the birth month of one Mr. Stephen King this September.
1: Uh, He'll be turning 75, a a big year for him as well. Happy birthday, Stephen. I have one anecdote about Stephen King, and it's when I was, uh, like, in middle school, I went on a, I had a rich friend, and we went down to, like, his grandparents' mansion for, like, a summer break. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll go. And they lived next to, like, Stephen King's summer home, which I briefly got a glimpse of. Dude lives in a big shipping container, it almost looks like. It's literally just a big, giant, like, cube. Um, that's my only Stephen King personal anecdote, and oh. I'll leave it at that. Well, I, I my <laughs> mine is uh, just as uh,
0: anticlimactic as uh, actually, probably less so. Um, I was, <laughs> I was passing. We were we were driving to I don't know Tennessee or something, and we we're passing through Arkansas, and we stop at a gas station, mm-hmm. and then over at the gas pump, see a creepy old guy pumping gas stephen king dang filling up his gas tank <laughs> and uh i just uh, i just i look over him i go uh mr king and he looks over and he just like waved at
1: me and smiled and then got in his car and drove away see at least you met the man i saw his summer home so yeah it was a, it was a, that was a little bit more climactic at least uh, now i know i'm one degree away from stephen king yeah so that's cool
0: yeah so um uh and and i'm gonna uh i'll probably put it on the uh maximum overdrive episode i'll put it at the end but one of my favorite dumb things i've ever made for the internet Mm -hmm. was um me and tyler did this uh video where we did a uh it was supposed to be an interview with stephen king but it was actually uh stephen king who owned a a bowling alley We'll, we'll get into this later um, it's very dumb, <laughs> but it's actually quite hilarious. Uh, I'm gonna put it at the
1: end of the Maximum Overdrive uh, episode. I just can't for, wait to hear. Just about for it. shits and gigs. I can't wait to hear about it, and I can't wait to uh, start on. You decided on uh, Steph Timber? Is that what we're Steph Timber? Steve Timber just rolls off the tongue. Just you know, just silky it, it, they, smooth. <laughs> they, they can't
0: all be winners. Yeah. Um. I mean, if his if his birthday was in October, we could have did Hollow King and that would have been that would have worked out a lot better but yeah st- steve timber is the best i can do hey, um, we're trying here
1: you know yeah you
0: know? but uh yeah i'm very excited to dive into it we have an interesting uh slate of movies uh to to cover you know um some uh we're, we're going into not all the big obvious ones which i'm kind of happy about even yeah. though i'm shocked that nobody picked Carrie for coming of age or for this month. Mm-hmm. I was actually kind of surprised on that, but uh, yeah. Carrie will get her time at some point. Absolutely. I'm a big
1: Carrie fan. Also a big Carrie fan here, but yeah, I'm glad that you know, we're maybe shining a light on ones that aren't, you know, The Shining or stuff like that. So, you know, his super big popular movies, and obviously Christine is is very well known for sure, and we are also gonna... it's not We're not, you know, talking about indie movies here. Definitely well-publicized movies, but yeah, I'm glad that we can explore some of the, the other corners of what Stephen King has to offer.
0: Yeah, and and you just mentioned our our, uh, our movie for today is going to be Christine. Um, I picked this one just because I realize I have a thing for car movies, even though I'm not a car guy myself.
1: What kind of car do you own?
0: Um, I own a Honda Civic at the moment <laughs> that uh, I have not driven in months uh, because it not only needs a new starter, but also a bunch of uh, you know all the all the things came up at the same time, you know, all the registration, yeah. you know, I actually hate cars. I have bad luck with cars.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, cars are one of my least favorite things to spend money on for sure. It's like that in jeans, you know, like those two things. I'm just, I'm just like, I don't, I, my, it's jeans? just so expensive. I don't like jean shopping, you know, it's, they're all the, it's hard. They're, you know, and they're expensive, like outrageously. So you're spending like $75 on a pair of jeans, like brand new. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm a thrifting guy. My, Myself, so.
0: Yeah, but but yeah, cars cars can be very frustrating, but for some reason, a lot of my favorite movies, Speed Racer, Rush, uh, I love the Fast and Furious franchise. You like the
1: high-octane fuel. Like
0: uh, Baby Driver, Drive, like I love car movies for some reason, but I hate cars in real life, and I don't know, we'll we'll kind of unpack that um before we get into the movie though um i want to preface out front that of all the movies that we're talking this month and yes we are talking stephen king um i have not read a single stephen king book in its entirety mm-hmm. i read like i've read i've read a couple of his like uh, collections of shorts so i've read like some of his short stories yeah like uh, i remember i used to I had a copy of uh, a hardback copy of a uh, his uh, Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would read quite a few stories out of that, but yeah. um, I'm not a big book reader. So yeah. uh, if you guys, so we're going to be like, uh, at least from me, I'm going to be talking, you know, on these films strictly as the films, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll bring up a couple details of like things that might've been changed from the books, but uh, just know uh, I'm not a book guy and I'm not approaching these as a book guy. Are
1: you a book guy? Um, I wish I was a book guy. Um, I try my best to read when I can. I'm just picky about when I read. I would like to be, you know, I like to be outside. I like to be among nature so the time that I can find that. I'm not somebody that can just be on my couch and pick up a book. I'll fall asleep immediately. So I'm I'm, I'm a little choosy. I want to be a book guy, but I'm not there. But I also have read some of his short stories, uh, The Shawshank Redemption in particular. Um, but yeah, I and I also, you You know, maybe it's a, I don't know if it's a controversial take. I don't really think it matters uh, that we have read or have not read these books. I think it's a totally different art form and medium. I think some of that kind of stuff is like neat anecdotes, like for The Shining in particular, Mm -hmm. as far as like, he doesn't like that because Jax kind of starts the movie off as crazy, but... That is just more of, like, a nuanced conversation rather than the shining the movie is not good because this book made a different creative choice. Yes. It's a totally different medium. So, for me, it's it brings, like, interesting depth of, like, oh, how does that make this portrayal of this character different than that thing? But it, I don't think it's super necessary. Yes.
0: I mean, that. yeah, that's more the comparisons that I like to make is... Uh, more of like like you said like oh like just uh, to get a different perspective yeah. you know because like you said it's totally different medium so the stories tend to be very different and it's and it's so hard to to adapt a book into a movie because obviously books tend to usually be longer have a lot more details in them yeah and making those decisions on what stays and goes is i think what is interesting and fascinating about ad- adapting films yeah and uh, and yeah like so so whenever again like why judge a, an adaptation like i'm judging it on the film always even if i have For read sure. the book um just because like like you said it's just like it's completely different and i mean and especially with this one um you know i found a couple interesting changes to this one cuz this is uh, a case where the book and movie are fairly different mm-hmm. in in uh, some in some key ways but But again, that's what what, what makes it fascinating to me. So uh, for I I get frustrated when people, you know, get upset at adaptations and then they fault, you know, like, well, because the book did this or they didn't take this. And it's like, okay, did it not work because it's not what was in the book or did not work because you know, it didn't work for the story or character. Because if it works for the story or character, then who cares if it was in the book
1: or not? Yeah, I understand that, especially when you spend a lot of time reading a book, there could be certain elements that you would like to see adapted to screen. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's always going to be, you know, uh, again, like, oh, the book had this narrative choice with this character. I prefer that to what this choice is in this movie. So I uh, other than it just kind of maybe informing your opinion, I don't really think it should be the basis of your opinion, whether or not um on on any regard of oh well this thing had to be done because it's in the book it's like well no it's a different thing you could do a different thing the it movies didn't have that scene in the movie for for reasons for good reason you know? yeah, so, exactly. yeah it doesn't it, it can go both ways you don't have to do this thing or you don't have to dislike this thing because the the movie omitted that so yeah i think it goes both ways well,
0: well let's uh let's get into some of these differences in uh the film that we're talking about today and uh and uh Kick off Steve Tember. Christine released December 9th, 1983. Uh, the book was also released that same year um, mm-hmm. in April. Um, it, the, it was directed by John Carpenter uh, coming off of uh, The Thing. It uh, was a passion project, you know, and uh, and he put a lot of heart and soul into it, and the movie kind of flopped. So he thought, okay, maybe I should return with something a little bit more straightforward, a little more traditional. And uh, Stephen King uh, adaptations were, uh, the the heat was cranking up around this time of, you know, really trying to snatch up his, you know, they started adapting his films in the late, uh, in the mid seventies. But this is around the time when like these adaptations were bringing in a lot of money. They were just very popular and like, and half of his like catalog was like already taken up at this point. Yeah. Um, and Carpenter was offered his choice uh, between this or Cujo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was given the manuscript for both of them before the books were released, and uh, he uh, thought this one was a little bit more interesting. Um, it would uh, The book would be adapted by Bill Phillips. Uh, the book is about 526 pages, and we trimmed it down to an hour and 50-minute movie, uh, which, I mean... As you say far as the
1: book is 500 pages? Yeah. yeah. About a car. That kills people. That's outrageous. Mr. King, what are you on? Well, That's nuts. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see what was left
0: out because there was there was definitely plenty uh, that was left out uh, of this one. Uh, Carpenter kind of stripped it pretty bare bones and, and went lean and mean with this one because there actually is quite a bit uh actually going on but Stephen king books they tend yeah. to be long yeah that, that that they do i'm just like wow that's that's kind of blowing my noggin
1: right now that's crazy <laughs> yeah.
0: uh the score was done by john carpenter and alan haworth um you know they uh teamed up on many of carpenter's iconic scores mm-hmm. uh, really dig the score for this one yeah uh cinematography done by donald m morgan uh, this uh made about 21 million at the box office against a 10 million dollar budget. Uh, you know, give or take, those 80s numbers are always a little shady. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, uh, it made its money back double, and I mean, not a yeah. uh,
1: not not yeah, maybe just made a profit, yeah, like a little
0: bit. Not a failure, but not a big success either. Uh, with a Rotten Tomato score of 69 percent. Ha ha! Nice. nice. Um, you know, on 29 reviews, because a lot of these older movies, um, the Rotten Tomato scores are always a little deceptive with those as well, just yeah. because you know that's a newer modern thing. Um, but the voice of the people over at Letterboxd, uh, give this an average rating of 3.5 out of 5. Um so Garrett uh, had you seen this movie before or what'd you think
1: Yeah this was uh, a rewatch for me um I had seen this when um I was younger and and you had mentioned it up top and I guess it is kind of true but like Stephen King and his his film adaptations kind of were a big part of my horror upbringing as a as a kid because with like this movie in particular um, you had uh, we had like talked a little bit about off air. Is that this isn't like a super super violent movie? It's rated R mostly for language. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of calling people shitheads in this movie or shitters in shitters. this movie, which is uh shitters uh, the best. That's just absolutely the best. <laughs> but it, like with this and Carrie uh, and Silver Bullet in particular, um, if we were doing uh, multiple months on this, I would be really excited to talk about a lot of uh, his different adaptations. Cause yeah, he was like a big part of my foundation, and Christine was definitely a part of that. Um, so yeah this was a rewatch for me I hadn't probably all, you know seen it since I was maybe in my you know early teenage years something I'm not really sure um so yeah you know overall uh it's pretty much the same as I remembered it it's not really uh it didn't offer I didn't really have any new perspective with age or anything with this. Um, I really like the energy that Carpenter brings to the film. I think he plays this movie very seriously, which I think is the biggest kind of thing that I didn't remember. Is I thought that this film was a little sillier. Um, that it was you know played uh, you know it's a killer car like how how serious can it be but this movie's played pretty straight down the middle Um, and uh, yeah I I, you know uh, it's not one of Carpenter's best uh, uh, films um, but I think it's with his steady hand behind the camera it makes the movie uh, very watchable very enjoyable uh, and a pretty uh, breezy 80s slasher movie with a car Um, yeah it's it's nothing that super wows me or anything but uh, yeah I really enjoyed revisiting this one
0: yeah, well, this was a this was a first time watch for me. Um, again, just because I was, um, you know, I have some films on Carpenter's filmography I've been wanting to watch, and mm-hmm. and again, I've always been curious on what my fascination is with these um movies involving cars, and you know, and with this one, you know, it's fascinating because obviously, like, yeah, it's billed as the killer car movie, mm-hmm. but I mean, until the third act, I mean. Christine really isn't featured much in the movie yeah like it's like Christine is like featured like in the background like just like kind of there sometimes you know or like just like you know these casual driving scenes and we really don't get like the full Christine you know full rampage until the end and um and so like I I did find it fascinating on um just like kind of um you know what cars symbolize for people especially uh when they're growing up you yeah. know, it, it kind of represents this, like, first step towards being an adult. You know, mm-hmm. it's like your first big responsibility. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's it, I found it fascinating, um, you know, the way that Arnie kind of uh, goes through these changes, uh, you know, as uh, his obsession with the car grows. But really, it's still not even about the car because he is kind of shown already to, like, as soon as he buys the car, he's already changed and like already like
1: asserting himself in a different way so it's like even before he buys the car because they drive past it and he's like stop mm -hmm. stop go back like he's really in his friends exactly chill out you know
0: so so i found it interesting just like yeah all you know what what it brings out of him that's kind of already there and um you know just like kind of the this thinking that the car itself you know already puts in and like kind of wondering you know how much of it is uh actual cars influence or how much is it just the way that you know we think of cars in today's society in general um is i i found it very i found it very interesting mm-hmm. um and and the and and that's kind of more what the film is you know caught up in versus uh you know the mystery of christine yeah. um and carpenter again like i do definitely see that this was a film that he's like Hey, like, I want to remind people like, you know, like, you know, yeah, the thing that make money, but like, I'm still, you know, a fucking, you know, badass director. Cause it's just very like, I mean, the way that he works in uses his shadows oh, yeah. is uh fantastic. And also There's, the headlights of the car as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the headlights and uh, just, I mean, it's really well shot. It's very, just like very clean, mm-hmm. uh, very feels kind of like a like clean, like very crisp car. Like yeah. everything about it is very smooth and. And um and yeah, so I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. I did maybe didn't love it or anything because there there wasn't enough of of something that really makes it you know give it that extra punch to to stand out. Mm -hmm. But it's also like I mean yeah, there's some nitpicks we're gonna we're gonna get into, but uh, it also doesn't have like any egregious errors or flaws either yeah you know? yeah i think
1: that's yeah that's kind of where it stands for me is it doesn't do anything that's super outwardly bad but it also doesn't do much that is exceptional beyond Carpenter's direction because I actually think he does incredibly well behind the camera. Um, and you had mentioned before that he had the opportunity to direct this or Cujo. And I am so glad that he chose this because I think that this shows off his skills as a director so much better. You can totally tell that this is in that, uh, the fog era of Carpenter. Cause like, this is also like a, quite a foggy, uh, you know, moonlight, you know, lit kind of uh, movie like the fog is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I think his, his, the style that he brings to this is mostly what I really appreciate. Not, not even to say that it's style over substance. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. You had mentioned this coming of age aspect to it of, and you're right. The, Your first car gives you not only the sense of responsibility like an adult, but also the sense of freedom to where you're able to go where you want to do and your Mm -hmm. parents don't have to drop you off or you don't have to be picked up by friends or do anything like that. You can start to kind of choose who you want to be as a person. Um, And, you know, what comes out of that responsibility? Um, I think that this thing, the film is missing overall for me is a sense of mythology to it. I kind of would have liked there to be Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more of a clear explanation of Christine. Christine is just kind of this omnipresent evil. And I would have preferred maybe something a little bit more supernatural with this, especially because it does kind of tee it up, which we'll talk about. Um, to where this they had a prior owner and what really happened with there. It doesn't really seem to matter much, especially with that first sequence mm. that we get here. Okay. Um, but yeah, I do have to applaud Carpenter's style here. And then also the creativity with some of these kills. It's like, well, how many ways can you kill somebody with a car? It's like, well, surprisingly, you know, a lot, actually. Yeah. Uh, and there's a few sequences here that I, I really love, which I'm excited to talk about.
0: Yeah, there's definitely, um, you know, more like you know, yeah, definitely, like you said, a lot of creativity behind you know what you can do to showcase, um, you know, this car as you know a something that's threatening and scary and intimidating, and um, and he definitely, um, especially in the back half of the film, like we when we really get to uh, showcase Christine a little bit more, um, is uh, very impressive, but before uh it, it's perfect you're wanting some more of the mythology mm-hmm. that'll kind of be our um uh, our little moment to uh introduce some of the the book versus movie elements right so before we get into that let's go ahead and hit the 60 second synopsis for christine i'm ready all right
1: it's been a little bit it's been a little bit but i'm, I'm here i'm ready for it all right got you in three two one go so you've got Arnie here. Imagine a nerd in your mind, like a clip art version of a nerd. That's what Arnie looks like. Got the taped up glasses, getting picked on, kicking around his school lunch and everything. He's a kind of down on his luck kid. That is until he finds Christine, this cherry red Plymouth Fury, uh, which is fresh off the lot and uh, is uh, killing people. It just can't stop killing people. It's got a mind of its own, kind of like Herbie or Nick. Uh, uh, kit from Knight Rider, Uh, Arnie comes in possession of this car, starts to become entranced by its appeal, starts to have this pseudo-sexual kind of weird uh, love connection with this thing, uh, and it starts to really poison his mind. And as the car and Arnie start to uh, focus in and dial in on the people who had wronged him, uh, his connection with this car only becomes stronger as his overall persona transforms and he becomes the bully that he uh, once tried to... uh, Uh, fight against and uh yeah
0: that is christine um i mean again it's pretty pretty straightforward as far as you know what what we're getting you know uh but it does subvert in a way of you know thinking that you're gonna get the typical like oh this car is going to you know teach arnie you know how to stand up for himself and give him the confidence but then he's gonna realize that the car is pushing him too far and then but because no, he, he is, you know, wholly obsessed and wholly taken by it. And uh, because again, it kind of makes you question of like, well, you know, was this already there and was he already headed in this direction? And if it wasn't the car that pushed him in that direction, what would it have been, you know? Yeah. So I, I find it very, I, I find that, you know, very interesting. And, um, so some of the, so some of the differences between um, the the book and the movie is so in the in the book apparently, and this is uh, from me guys skimming the 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 uh, a summary and watching a couple YouTube videos. So yeah. again, go go so read. It's called research, guys. Okay, <laughs> don't don't you know uh, don't settle yourself short here. Yes, uh, go go read the book for yourself. But from what I could tell is um, in in the book so they they allude to the first owner yes. who in the movie is uh the 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 old guy's brother so yeah. he the old guy himself is not the owner it was his brother right uh roland and uh roland um roland lebay had bought it and the so they kind of mention it in this that like his his daughter and um, wife had both died in the car as well mm-hmm. in the book it's like kind of uh Insinu- implied that he might have sacrificed them um to to um yeah. also then put his spirit into the car mm-hmm. and apparently like his like like parts of his body are like within the car itself uh in the book yeah and uh Arnie is basically like talks to the ghost of Lebay and the ghost of Lebay is the one that like tells Arnie to do certain things and like that's and then Ar- that's why Arnie like sort stressing like a greaser because uh this is a 1958 Plymouth yes. which would have been when Roland purchased it um so yeah so in the book it's it's uh definitely more supernatural mm-hmm. um overtly and it is kind of like a possession uh story in a way of the the car being possessed and then possessing Arnie.
1: Yeah, and the, the movie seems to be kind of well aware of this choice uh, because on the poster it says she was born bad, plain and simple which, mm-hmm. and you get that, like, nice little prologue sequence, which I do like. The, Love it. You know, there's a lot of pretty sick needle drops in this movie, and Bad to the Bone is, like, a pretty obvious song, but I think with the way that it's, uh, you know, <clears throat> juxtaposed to the, the footage of the assembly line, and it's all of these white, kind of, simple cars on, on, you know, coming down the assembly line, then you have Christine, who is cherry red and bright and seems to be, you know, really stick out amongst she's the She's different. Pack. She's just built different. She's, differently. she's Literally, literally built, built different, different. You know? uh, yeah. Uh,
0: Carpenter uh, wanted to change it and make it more simple. Uh, partial apparently, one reason was he didn't want comparisons to American Werewolf in London, uh, where he's uh, talking to his dead best friend yeah. uh, throughout the film. Yeah, and he didn't want to have that with like him and LeBay and like kind of draw comparisons. Would have been a little bit of a stretch, but whatever. Yeah, uh, you, know, I mean, you I, know, Carpenter wants to be original at all times.
1: Yeah, like anything, you don't have to take. It's not all or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you can take some elements. Um, having not read the book, and I was aware of the, that those changes as well. I like the idea of somebody goes crazy, and you know, things happen in this car, and then like horror movie logic, the thing or the location where that happened becomes haunted. So this car then becomes a haunted mm-hmm. car. I do understand the appeal of like no it was born it was and just, it was like you know yeah, hell was... encapsulated in this in this vehicle. I like that. I just prefer a little bit more mythology in horror movies and I like the idea that um you know this car eventually became kind of resurrected when this person built it back up because when you have just the oh it was born evil and it's able to repair itself, it makes me just kind of wonder. I'm like okay, it was sitting in this dude's driveway for a long time and was all dilapidated and uh because it needed
0: needed love i guess that's what it needed that old Um, man hates the car yeah and i think so she so she sat there dead i i like the fact that we get a kind of more just stripped back version um because the the you know when we get into more uh roland doing witchcraft to possess the car and then it kind of loses that that seriousness that the the film kind of takes itself with it takes itself more earnestly just to be like this is something unexplained even when like dennis and lee start suspecting the car yeah they like lee just instantly just uh, starts suspecting the car and she doesn't question it like oh i can't explain why it's she's just like no it's the car like so it's like i i kind of like that we yeah um because it 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 allows for the movie to kind of play a little more earnestly for me at least
1: i don't know like i don't i don't think i need a i need a big flashback sequence to where it's like here you go here's why but uh a little bit more allusion to yeah this guy was obsessed with this car and then he killed his. well you we know, do get that his... that's
0: what makes the detectives suspicious in the first place is they're like well yeah. there's this there's this uh troubled history and the yeah. car just always happens to be there and it yeah. happens to be connected to i, all I, these I things. think
1: the prologue sequence is what kind of uh, throws me mm-hmm. off a little bit because it does you know confirm that this car has always been this way if you remove that maybe it makes you wonder in your mind of like okay was it evil before that did it possess him the same way or is he the reason that you know I yeah I it's, a, it's not a necessity it doesn't really trouble the movie I think that in much the me, I think but. in the
0: book it's more overtly him but in the movie it's more implied to just be her and that yeah. she infected
1: the owner yeah and then, you know, and then so on and so forth. But yeah, it's not a necessity for me. It's just a small mm-hmm. little thing. But, yeah, I like a little bit of mythology, you know. I like something uh, kind of a, it's almost like a spooky uh, story that you mm-hmm. hear of this this thing, this horrible thing that happened. And, you know, like, it, like any haunted house, a haunted car, I think is, is pretty cool. But, yeah, take it or leave it. It's not a big yeah. deal for me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh
0: you know, but then I like I like making my own theories, I guess. Like I'm yeah. the I like to, you know, me. I like to make my inferences <laughs> and if I uh, you know, so I don't know, Christine running on love sounds sounds interesting to me, but because yeah. I also like how because the first half of the film they kind of play more into the mystery mm-hmm. of like, you know, is you know, because they they don't show a lot. They they show the changes in Arnie yeah. but it's like in the first half they never really they don't show a bunch of like arnie putting in these hours of work into christine yeah. which i feel like any other film about like obsession is like how they're gonna show that it's like they show him like sleeping in the garage because he can't you know like think i like how the obsession is just like kind of shown just more in the way his personality changes and the way that he's treating other people yeah versus like us just like what actually watching the the having to watch the car actually corrupt him yeah i like that it's just like it's purely in this like kind of just like in its aura kind of sense and then again it you just kind of keep questioning throughout is this the car or is it like he finally has the confidence of like you know telling his parents off on these feelings that he's been feeling you know his entire life you know yeah uh, Yeah. as they've kind of had this control over him
1: yeah seeing arnie uh definitely kind of I'm under the spell of this car, <clears throat> although it is, it is, uh, Uh, it's very clear, and uh, again, in the way that he dresses, he has this kind of rockabilly '50s James Dean thing going on. Also, sporting a killer leather vest, I might add, looking like a hell's angel. Um, I also I'm like I can't blame him that much because I feel like everyone in this movie who's not Dennis or like the you know the love interest in this movie is just the worst. Like he goes to a high school with just the worst people. Like even the teachers and everybody sucks so bad. I mean, yeah. If we got if we got
0: to call out um, some Stephen King hallmarks, everyone knows a uh, Stephen King bully when they see one. Hell yeah! Who
1: is just unnecessarily evil for no good reason. Yeah, you got Buddy, who's uh, portrayed by William Ostrander in this movie, who straight up pulls a knife on a guy in chop class. <laughs> pulls a knife on a guy in chop class, but then also just like whenever
0: it comes down to it, it's just like I swear to God, he's a liar. And then yeah. like, and then he, so he he pulls a knife on Arnie. Yes. And then Arnie fesses up, gets him expelled, mm-hmm. and yet he is still so pissed at Arnie that it's his fault, and yeah. he, and now I'm going to go trash his car. And because, he also threatens to fight the teacher,
1: too. Literally, yeah. like, yeah,
0: yeah he, f- he threatens to fight the teacher, threatens Arnie and Dennis again in front of the teacher, like, on the way out. Like, yeah. it just, I mean, he, he, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah,
1: William Ostrander, who, when I was watching this movie, I was like, okay, does this movie have, like... Or they go into the Grease high school to where everybody looks like they're in their mid thirties. Uh, but yeah, apparently oh, this he is full
0: fledged adult. This he actor
1: looks like... is only twenty-four when they filmed this movie. He oh. is a little bit older than I am. Damn. And I was looking at him and I was like, Shit, when is that gonna happen to me? He's like a man. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> he's not like he straight man. up looks like him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 one of those weird eighties things, uh, that I don't know if they just you know, if something was in the water, but these guys were aging at like a, an alarming rate. This this dude looks like he's got like a full time job at the factory, but no, he's uh he's only in his uh like early twenties, which still is too old to be playing a, a high school student. But like damn, like I don't know, nineteen eighty three, what was yeah. going on? <laughs> well speaking of um speaking of the actors,
0: uh Keith Gordon that plays Arnie, um I think he's uh you know, I think that the nerd stuff is definitely played up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, heightened a bit. But, like, once he, like, really starts settling in and, like, this, and you feel this, like, obsession come over him, mm. like, I really like it, what he's doing with this performance. Uh, it feels very unsettling. Yeah. You know, and you, and it's definitely kind of, like, a you you, you you feel for him, but at the same time, like, there's just, like, this darkness that, like, you're just like, I don't know how bad I truly feel for him. Yeah. Uh, he, he does a wonderful job. But, yes, Kevin Bacon was originally casted in this role, uh, but then he had to turn it down because he had accepted a role for a different movie footloose
1: footloose Ah, you know um as much as i love kevin bacon i don't buy him as the nerdy down on his luck kid he's like super charismatic and handsome like i think keith gordon is uh, a much better choice oh
0: he's a much better pick because it's funny because uh i i didn't uh see the kevin bacon thing until before we start recording because the whole time i was watching and seeing dennis he kept making me think of kevin bacon Oh, like yeah. I would have seen Kevin Bacon playing the Dennis role but yeah. definitely not
1: Arnie yeah yeah especially like early 1980s Footloose Friday the 13th era Kevin Bacon no way no way but yeah I think Keith Gordon does a really great job in this and yeah I, I totally agree the The first and I kind of already I'd poked fun at it his first stages in this movie he is literally like man he with like his tape on his glasses and everything it's, it's pretty ridiculous the,
0: the first <laughs> scene is him like trouncing through a puddle on his way to like getting picked up i'm just like who has disregard for their shoes like this like (laughs) how is that being nerds yeah nerds apparently um but yeah and uh and and john stockwell as dennis is also really great um Mm -hmm. uh, a very interesting friendship yeah you know i like how you know they don't go they don't have to like talk about the differences between like obviously like dennis is a football player and a little bit more liked and arnie is supposed to be the nerd but they're best friends, and you know I like how that's not a source of conflict between them. One hundred percent. You know, but I mean, it might still be what kind of influences Arnie a little bit down the road, yeah. because there is a line where he like you know says like, "Oh, you need to find a different charity case than me." Yeah. Um. You know, implying that Dennis like is friends with them because he feels bad, but like yeah, you know, throughout the film, Dennis repeatedly shows that he just genuinely
1: cares for Arnie, totally. and I like how yeah. there wasn't like any. You no, know, any catch to that. Yeah, there's not really any sequence where they're like, why don't you go hang out with your popular friends? Like, Dennis is always there for him, and the conflict that ar- arises between their relationship is because of, like, something completely different that happens. He gets injured at a football game, and he is then removed from arnie and i like that Mm -hmm. that arnie is now given this room to get much much worse and dennis is really only able to see him when he comes visits him at the Mm -hmm. hospital so he sees him on one day and he's acting a certain way and then two weeks later when he visits him again he's completely a different person so dennis is just kind of standing there idly by watching you know arnie transform into this monster further and further and i like that the movie removes him from him to give Arnie really this opportunity to, to gestate into, Mm -hmm. you know, what we see him at the end of the movie.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a nice, you know, like putting a physical distance between them when there's already, you know, this emotional distance that's growing, you know, like, you know, like, uh, you know, Dennis doesn't see, you know, Arnie putting in all this work. So like when he sees the car fixed up so fast, he's like, Oh shit. Like you've really been putting in the work. I didn't even know this. And then like, when he sees him pull up to the game with lee it's just like oh you're talking to lee when did you even ask her out like you didn't yeah. even like tell yeah. me um so it's like there's already that emotional distance and then putting him in the hospital was also like yeah very interesting choice And like just each time he comes back he's like you know his, his clothes changed a little bit more he's getting a little bit more smug every time he comes back you know and uh yeah uh, very interesting yeah,
1: and there's a, a lot of like cynicism and like this kind of sinister side in his performance to where especially in one scene that I think is really effective where he's talking with his parents, uh after his car is trashed by the bullies, he's at dinner and he's saying that it's their fault because they wouldn't let him park the car in the in the driveway, so he had to park it in this garage and he literally like fights his dad. Uh but Straight like he, well he, he, he choked his <laughs> he chokes his dad but doesn't like quite fight him and then just like pats him on the cheek like and it's this weird like you you can see it in the dad's eyes too of like this weird kind of you know my son is at the age where like i can parent him as much as i can but he's like an adult now he's a senior in high school he could probably kick the shit out of him you mm-hmm. know uh, so yeah and i think all of it is sold by keith gordon's uh, i think pretty pretty solid performance in this movie
0: oh yeah i mean and it, you know and it's again like with his character i can almost like feel it you know like yeah. i can relate a little bit like yeah does he need to go that far does he need to be that much of a dick all the time of course not no but like you know, at the same time, like I totally feel like the frustration he's always felt, like his parents have always been controlling and never let him make choices, and mm-hmm. then he, you know, like even in that very first speech, like I, like I felt that, like yeah. in like that that frustration that has been there for like you know he's a he's seventeen, so he's a junior, uh, most likely and um so it's like you he's a senior they start start, oh did they say the
1: movie off he's like it's your senior year we gotta get you laid man oh yeah typical uh you know high school 80s movie kind of thing so yeah
0: yeah, so this has already been three years of you know high school
1: angst kind of building up yeah and i like to think that maybe dennis was maybe like the new your kid and then maybe he hit puberty and you became good at sports and then you know that Mm -hmm. like again he's like he's not the most popular kid in school but he's Uh, a more popular person we see him at the beginning of the movie girls want to talk to him and he's got friends and when arnie tries to chime in they're like shut up arnie you know like he's just kind of also there too so yeah i it's a typical kind of monkey's paw situation where arnie is nerdy and he doesn't have the girl and he doesn't have the the cool car and you know all that kind of stuff but he gets what he wants but what does he kind of sacrifice for that and it's his heart and like the kind of person he is and he becomes I'm not acting like he was, you know, a a super sweet kid before this, but, you know, he becomes uh, very misogynistic, uses a lot of, you know, terrible Mm -hmm. language in regards to Lee uh, and just becomes, yeah, an overall bad person. (laughs) Yeah, he
0: becomes, you know, like, it's interesting because the the very first, um, you know, lesson he kind of learns throughout this is, like, kind of a useful one, like, uh, you know, when he takes the car to to Darnell's. Yeah. And he's, like, you know, he's been fixing up the car for a little bit, and then Darnell, like, calls him out, like, hey, like, you know, I said you could take a few scraps, but I didn't say you could, like, rebuild your whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Arnie has a very, like, childish, you know, remark of, like, well, you're not using, it's just sitting there, you're right. not doing anything with it. Right. Rather than. Rather than him making the offer of being like, oh, well, hey, like, I'll pay How you or I'll do this yeah. instead. And Darnell lets that slide because he's like, oh, it's just a fucking kid, whatever. And he lets yeah. that slide, makes him a good deal, you know, and being like, okay, well, if you help Sweep it out, the and floors, stuff, you know, if you, you can, help out, yeah. run some errands for me, blah, blah, blah. And even still, Arnie's like, oh, well, I got to think about it. And Darnell yeah. just like gives him this look like yeah. kid, like this is your first like adult lesson you yeah. like when you, someone's being good to you and, like, trying to, like, yeah. work with you, like, hey, take a, take a hint. And yeah. so it's, like, I like how the the first lesson is, like, a real, you know, like, real adult lesson they actually, like, kind of learns. And, and so it's, like, for, like, a split second, you know, it's, like, the, he, you know, has some benefits of these things of, like, you know, like, being, you know, taking some decisions and, and learning some things. But then, of course, um, uh, it becomes just more... Uh, materialistic at that point as everything else does to him.
1: Yeah, uh, I gotta really applaud uh, I believe his last name is Prosky but Robert Prosky uh, who portrays Darnell in this movie is just the best. Uh, I don't know about you but I typically attribute uh, this actor with Christmas time because he is in the second Home Alone movie and he also portrayed Santa Claus in the remake of oh, yeah. Miracle on 34th Street. So it was just very shocking seeing him like being so crass in, in this movie. Uh but he has so many great lines uh and he is just really chewing up the scenery, is just greasy at all times, constantly has like soot on his face and everything. Uh, he is he's the best. <laughs> just spitting slack jawed nonsense. <laughs> yeah uh, most
0: of of the time uh I re- I do love that. Um yeah and so let's talk about uh the the titular character of the film uh Christine. Yes. Christine. Um you know I I do like the characterization if we want to call it that of Christine sure. because um you know th- this film I think does have to uh if you're if it's going to be successful you like kind of have to have that effect of like making uh something that's not human, you know, a character. Mm-hmm. And I think we, I think it does a really good job of not only achieving that in the way that Arnie describes her, you know, the fact that it is, you know, Christina is always referred to by name and with pronouns, Yeah. you know, it's it, like Christina's never called it this yeah. entire film, I don't right. think, which is, uh, which is kind of cool. Like it's always she, it's always her, mm-hmm. um, always by her name and like, between that and, you know, her, um, you know, well, playing songs through the radio. I will
1: know Arnie is always the one that calls her by name, where Lee is like that car, you know. Well, she, no, she's she says car. that
0: car, but she calls her Christine. Yes. He, 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 yeah. She does call her Christine but, but
1: quite often. Arnie, yeah, definitely never wavers, but some of the other people do have moments when they're like kind of reiterated. It's like, it's a car, like your obsession mm-hmm. with this thing is, you know. and, and Lee even points out where at, they're at the drive-in sequence, which is probably my favorite sequence of the movie, where she like slaps the C and he's like stop it and she's like you don't like me slapping your girl you know yeah like so they do treat her like a real person you
0: know Mm -hmm. oh yeah and there's like a there's a remark later um you know where um uh dennis calls calls christine something he's like hey better watch what you're saying in my car she's real sensitive yeah uh because you know we see throughout the film like christine has uh you know showings of jealousy depending on you know what song that she's playing or Mm -hmm. also is very protective on, uh, uh, depending on what songs are playing. um, Yeah, that, that drive-in sequence is really fucking cool. It's great, yeah, because uh, we,
1: we see Christine, like, doing some things, will will, like, turn on the radio or, like, a little movement here, and it does allude to the fact that she's maybe rebuilding faster than Arnie could possibly, you know, uh, kind of help out here. So, so. so
0: you don't think, because that's interesting, so you don't think, uh, you know, the
1: original restoration, you don't think? No. Uh, that was all Arnie. There's no way. He doesn't have the money for that. Like, there's also just not, like... they uh, uh, Because
0: I feel like that first, like, rebuilding scene, I feel like that's, like, the first time when he's, like he's like well you know what you're capable of like you are alive and then like that's when Christine like fully shows like what she's capable of of like rebuilding herself. I, I
1: feel like Arnie definitely has a hand and he's obviously he mm. is going out into the junkyard and replacing things but um, Junkins who's the detective portrayed by Harry Dean Stanley which, which is a hilarious, hilarious de- de- detective <laughs> Junkins is, is really good aces all around uh, but the fact that he even says like oh they don't make cars like this anymore and we see at the assembly line It's like it's a rarity, so yeah,
0: it's a twenty-year-old car. Yeah, I just don't really see
1: parts of this car just lying around in the junkyard in pristine condition. So, like, I really do think that. Yeah, Arnie probably did some things here and there, but he he's also just now in shop class. I don't imagine <laughs> oh, yeah. that he's able to restore that's this car true. like per, you know, perfectly. So I think Christine is helping, uh, which it is cool. Along I like bit. that
0: they don't like show that. Also, like I like yeah. how that's also just like have kind of an inference because like we do see him like work on it a little bit. Yeah. Also, uh, if
1: you want to be like super nitpicky, they the movie starts at the beginning of the year. He gets the car, and then by football season, it's all that's all perfect. There's no fucking shot. There's oh, yeah, just yeah, no yeah. way. So. Yeah, I just, you know, movie magic aside, I just I call bullshit. There's just absolutely no way. But yes, the drive-in sequence is excellent, and I love that. It's not like a slasher movie to where you know we see you know maybe some a leg or a hand or something like that off in the distance, and then you know somebody gets pulled in the darkness but you don't really see the full kills until the end of the movie it's Mm -hmm. like no it literally turns the lights on as bright as it can go and is choking this person like very violently it's not oh the car started rolling down a hill and hit somebody was it christine or Mm -hmm. was it something else no it like fully confirms it's like those things fucking alive and it's going to kill your girlfriend well it's confirming
0: for us but it also confirms something uh for for arnie because the whole sequence you know, one, it looks amazing. like yeah. Just the light from oh, yeah. inside the car with it pouring rain. Yeah. Also, who goes to the drive-in when it's pouring rain? That is not the vibe. Yeah. I've been to the drive-in during the rain. It's not as fun. No, zero out of ten, I do. Um, but anyways, you know, drive-ins were for making out back then. <laughs> <laughs> and um, But um, it, in the scene, because Arnie, is, you know, he's trying to open the door and Christina's locked the doors. And Arnie could easily break a window... To to get into the car to save Lee Mm -hmm. But no You won't dare break a window because he doesn't want to break Christine. So at that point, he's already showing that he cares more for Christine than Lee. Yeah. Uh, With the other, you know, the other guy had to, like, pull her out of the car. Speaking of which, Arnie, what a
1: dumbass. He's like, get your hands off of her. He's,
0: like, obviously doing the Heimlich maneuver. Like, (laughs) And then when asking if she's okay, he's like, well, I mean, I could have done the Heimlich maneuver. (laughs) Like, I mean, this whole thing is just like, this is where you really see, like, oh, Arnie's
1: a piece of shit now. Like, he's full-blown shitter. Um, um, at this absolutely. Point. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I do. I am curious, though, because I know that for some people I was kind of just kind of thinking of or just perusing litterbox, seeing what some other people uh, thought. And there was a couple of reviews of people were, uh, you know, bothered by some of the language in this movie. And it is one of those rare cases to where, like, yes, Arnie does say some like. Uh, some offensive shit in this movie, but I kind of like the idea that maybe he's adopting some of the language that somebody from that the was 1950s also, would be saying. That know. was also yeah. in the book. Yeah, it be, was like yeah.
0: more specifically yeah. mentioned, and then, he, like that's what's happening. There's a,
1: and the reason I say that is because there's a direct, a direct like reference to this, to where he's driving and he says, you know, there's uh, nothing quite like being a car. Well, except for maybe pussy, which is a line that is said by the, the, the previous the, owner at mm-hmm. the very beginning of the movie. So, sells it yeah, to him, yeah. yeah i think it's it's pretty spot on that this might you know beyond just reflecting his uh attitude of being possessed it's also the way in which he talks and the words that he uses so yeah like that might just be you know me trying to uh, uh kind of bend the logic of this movie but i think it's a creative choice to have them use some of this language
0: yeah and so I, oh yeah I, I mean i totally agree there i like again like that Carpenter didn't go fully into the possession thing, but still I, I think a, a nod to the book in that way of being like, Yeah, he's kinda of picking up just like the vernacular from yeah from back then and except uh unfortunately there's one moment that is supposed to be a sentimental scene mm-hmm. between Dennis and Arnie and like when he says like, Oh, you need to find, you know, a, a charity geese that's uglier than me and he goes he goes, Oh, you're not he goes, You're not ugly. He goes, he goes, You may be queer. But you're not ugly. Right. And yeah. it was, like,
1: supposed to be like, oh, isn't that sweet? And it's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, totally. Yeah, definitely stuff like that. So, yeah, my my, my theory is definitely not uh, bulletproof, and I don't pretend that it is. So, yeah, it's definitely a product, uh, product of its time as far as being in the 1980s. But I do think that there are a few examples in particular that show that Arnie is... Uh, uh, being possessed by this somebody, someone who's you know of a of a prior generation, and so yeah, it's 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 one of those things that you're going to encounter when you watch '80s horror movies. Yeah, there's some stuff that just doesn't it wouldn't really fly today, and this movie's no exception for sure. Yeah, but um, and and one thing that I do
0: love about this film is. I mean, it, you know, as far as some of the sub-genre stuff goes, like, you know, we've mentioned it kind of being a, a slasher of sorts with a car. Yeah. Um, and they even, like, uh, made some comparisons to Christine at the end being kind of Jaws-esque, like a shark. Um, But yeah. this is, like, kind of this very weird love story. You have this, like, love, love square. Well, love triangle in the film. Yeah. Uh, in the book, apparently, there was more to Lee and Dennis hanging out more as they are investigating the car. Yeah. And like, you know, watching the changes um that are happening within Arnie. Um but in this they kind of they they go away from that except uh they do get kind of cozy in that caterpillar at the end for sure uh, for a hot minute. But um but uh you know, but this this uh you, you really do feel this like sexual tension <laughs> between Arnie and Christine and like yeah. Christine like having like you know like christine you know we see all the times that you know she's upset is like more when you know arnie is being uh wronged or bullied you know rather than when she is except you know when she like gets like kind of destroyed yeah um you know so she's uh christine she's very jealous um in the relationship but i love um the way that they like shoot that scene uh whenever christine is rebuilding herself back and she like has like the headlights and and Arnie's just like in this like gaze, and like I'm like, is he getting turned on by this car right now? I'm yeah, like, I'm pretty sure he is, and man uh i mean i know it's like a simple effect of like you know some like reverse footage but like however they shot it is so fucking cool like yeah it holds up so fucking well like so, yeah, that
1: looks so cool so i do know how they shot it they had these pistons that they essentially would attach from the inside of the car to the you know to the body of the car from the inside and they would pull it in uh with these uh you know uh, uh not magnetic um you know, words, uh, pistons. I guess <laughs> they would pull the body of the car in, uh, and then of course reverse the footage where it looks like it's being uh, being popped out. So yeah, it's a pretty simple effect, uh, but it, I think it also looks super terrific. But um, yeah, there is this very sexual kind of uh, energy to the movie for sure. Um, uh, I'm it was not... like she was giving him a lap
0: dance. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not
1: going to say that Arnie. Didn't fuck the car, but we didn't see Arnie not fuck the car. I'm just saying that this movie could have had some kind of deleted uh, Teton kind of sequence to where he's in the back, just you know, getting <laughs> his rocks off to Christine. Oh, that, Christine you know, is, happened.
0: Christine is definitely the pegging type. If we're <laughs> if we're thinking about it, uh, Arnie is definitely getting pegged by Christine. Yeah, this. man. Yeah, yeah. Whew, oh man. Uh, <laughs> oh man. But I. I, you, but know I where
1: driveshaft's going, you know that drive
0: shaft's going. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> And uh, and I like how that scene, you know, we go straight from that into because um, after that scene again, like this is like because that's like a full reveal for us, at least, you yes. know, like, uh, but also OK, Christina is like yeah. totally supernatural, all these things. And then uh, going immediately, OK, now that we know Christina is alive and goes into um, uh, Christine going after the bullies one by one. Yeah um that that fucked her up and uh that that first chase sequence of uh, chasing moochie down is uh, is really fun mm-hmm. um i really like all the the sequences um i like how in this one it's like showing now that we know that christine can like repair herself like yeah whenever she's chasing she has like total disregard she's like you know just like scraping herself up and exactly. driving off road and everything and yeah. then like Literally, like, just, like, squeezes her way through an alley to, like, yeah. slice them in half.
1: Yeah. That's dope. That one is dope for sure, but the, the buddy encounter is fucking wild. Like, at the gas station and everything, not only does Christine completely T-bone his car, but they explode an entire gas station. It, it's, mm-hmm. like, the most 1980s explosion that you've ever seen. It is this humongous fireball which is something that I love about the 80s is they were just like here's a bunch of money just make these movies that you want to make and yeah a lot of it is going towards these stunt cars but I'm sure a pretty large portion of that also went to this big explosion oh. and it looks sick and not only does it look sick but Christine drives out of the gas station on fire and An chases icon. him it is it is a really really effective imagery and I also just have to uh, applaud whoever the, the stunt driver was of this car to be oh. Willing oh, to drive this car not only on fire but also they had these blackout windows in the car mm-hmm. and a lot of these sequences are shot at night like all of them are yeah. so it's got to be uh, very very difficult to see the blackout windows not only you know hide the stunt driver but also make Christine maybe look a little bit more like kind of like a shark where you can't see the inside you've also got those black you know doll mm-hmm. eyes like a doll you know well, stuff they, like that but, well they yeah, did it crazy well they, well they did the blacked out windows
0: to uh, keep it guessing if arnie is in the if yeah. arnie's in the car or not yeah. at yeah. any of these it's moments. A, a
1: narrative choice and then also mm-hmm. a practical one if you don't yeah. have to show the stunt driver, mm-hmm. so but yeah, yeah shout
0: out to all the stunt drivers for you know for their sure. work in this because yeah. we have some some really great uh driving sequences yeah driving uh, a yeah. car on fire it's it's pretty fucking sick but yeah <laughs> the way that christine just like comes in like a fucking maniac trashes fucking uh buddy's car fucking trashes the gas station yeah. chases him down and yeah and again, like, just the way that, um, you know... Carpenter especially in this film like he'll have these like you know these like dark scenes and then like we'll cut these like bright lights through them so yeah. it's like the uh, Christine chasing him down with like you know pitch black but then all you see is Christine
1: on fire like yeah. this like glowing and, and it, then like, you've also got looks that, so good the ending to that you've got Buddy running down the street like as fast as he can but Christine is just like kind of coasting behind <laughs> him and then you just see his and like, then just flaming goes, corpse yeah it's it's pretty awesome like the the like I said the creativity that is involved with some of these kills uh, and then you also um, have Darnell, who was crushed by the, the car seat. The car you know? seat. Yep. Um, so, and yeah. How many ways can we kill? Like, exactly. Super, super creative. Nobody and, was strangled with a seat belt. I nobody. was, was kind of surprised on that one. Yeah. it's it, That would be an obvious one, but I definitely yeah, appreciate the uh, the creativity here. And, yeah, those headlights are really put to uh, effective use most of the time. I,
0: I wrote in my notes um, at the beginning, you know, the very, like, first instance we see of, like, you know, the hood falling down and, like, destroying yeah. that guy guy's hand i was like because he's looking under
1: the hood like that's under right. her dress <laughs> that fucking perv that's true yeah <laughs> yeah you got to get permission not everybody wants tea yeah
0: uh so what'd you think about uh this uh, the final sequence
1: um the final sequence definitely has big jaws energy you know to where we keep trying to kill this thing but it just it just keeps coming back and coming back um ultimately um it's not as grand as I think the rest Mm -hmm. of the movie is it feels a little underwhelming and I just I don't I think the biggest thing is I don't track with these characters as far as like what's the best way that we can kill this thing let's crush it it's just kind of like well I saw that not work earlier in the movie Mm -hmm. so I'm not really emotionally on board with these characters not because I don't want them to crush the car like I do but I'm just like that's not going to work you're going to have to do something else like
0: they didn't try to like drive her like off of like cliff or something into like some water
1: I don't know yeah Uh, I
0: don't I don't know yeah but they yeah they didn't really think they didn't really talk over a strategy they were just like we're gonna use the big caterpillar and like and which makes it feel a little stiff you know and it's like it was almost kind of funny because Christine was like able to outmaneuver them because they're in this giant caterpillar that he doesn't know how to drive and she's just kind of like you dumb dumb and then like kind of like is maneuvering around them
1: yeah I'm not you know (laughs) maybe a Terminator 2 kind of molten lava kind kind of energy, like, would have killed this thing, but, you know, all of which leads to, like, the Driving very,
0: Christine into, like, a mine
1: or I'm something. Saying, yeah, like that, a foundry or something. Yeah, that could totally work. Yeah, that could have so.
0: been... That, that, okay, yeah, that could have been fun, yeah. but I will say, like, even though that one might not be as... um you know, because, yeah, it is a little bit underwhelming. Yeah. I do, however, also really like uh, the scene that comes a little bit before that with uh, Arnie and Dennis in the car driving together having yeah. the beers. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, supposed to be like, oh, they're like kind of normal thing. I'm just like, you know, doing bro stuff. And like, yeah. Arnie at this point, his like eyes are like sunken in. He looks mm-hmm. like a fucking corpse. Yeah. Uh, and and he has this like speech about uh, about what love means and stuff yeah. and and like. Yeah, like love is like can be it can be destructive, but like if you like feed it enough, though it can be like very rewarding. Uh, which I found uh interesting as far as you know, you know his you know his relationship that he has with his parents because it's like yeah, they are very hard on him and very controlling, but then like you can see the concern that they have yeah. when they see the changes. It's like no, they obviously do love him. It's not yeah. a case of.
1: His parents are like crazy people that don't love him. Yeah, oh, and like, Arnie even says like, "Well, they don't want me to have this car because that means they're getting older and they're leaving." It's, it's. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there might be some truth to that, but I think it's a little oversimplified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and and, and it
0: kind of goes that way with just like all of it. It's like you know his relationship with Lee. You know, we we don't really see like you know their relationship like kind of develop at all. Yeah, it, it just kind of goes from like, you know, he thinks, "Oh well, I have a." car so i get the girlfriend yeah you know and then we're gonna go to college together because these are just the things that you do you know and rather than like he doesn't actually like know anything about lee or like care about her or anything like she's just also another material possession to him um you know who he clearly always is choosing the car over her like like she points it out and it's like you can't even argue it because he like just is always you know making references to the to christine over her Yeah,
1: uh, the character of Lee, um, I don't know about you, but I didn't think was was super, super strong for me. Oh, Um, no. Like, I think I could have used a little bit more time. And I think it's a small thing, but as much as I love the drive-in sequence, I would have preferred Lee to have just been maybe like... I don't know, like I just get kind of weird vibes from this car rather than just being kind of relegated to being just like the jealous, Do you spend more time with this car than you do with me kind of girlfriend. I think it makes her a little simple because she's described as like early in the movies being be like super smart. smart and like different from other girls and for her to be kind of just given this kind of petty... You know, uh, like it's it's just not a very uh, her conflict and what she's going through and what her character needs for the movie. I just think is to spend want to spend more time with Arnie. I don't know. Like it's just not yeah. very it's not very well, uh, layered for me.
0: Because uh, I'll give it on both accounts. Like yes, because her character totally isn't strong. Uh, I wish they definitely did a little bit more uh, with her. And you know, again, I think that's stuff that they had in the book that they kind of cut out this one where. You know, her and Dennis are like trying to like figure out like the the past yeah. behind it. So it's like if they would have showed her in this film, like her like doing the research of like trying to like track the history of the car and like everything, yeah, uh, definitely would have aided rather than just like kept saying yeah. how smart she given was. Some mythology
1: to the movie, giving
0: some mythology, yeah, and instead of just everybody talking about how smart she is, yeah. But I will also say that it could have also been a choice because it's like that's what. Arnie knows about her like we don't know anything about her because Arnie knows nothing about her he hasn't taken the time to learn uh anything you know and actually develop a relationship with her so like of course we don't see anything yeah
1: there definitely is that sense to it as well to where like the movie treats her the same way that Arnie does but even with that when you have a, a finale to the movie that involves her and you know, the audience wanting her to stay alive, I'm not saying that I wanted her to die, but it's just not really giving me this overwhelming sense of, I want her to survive because I've spent this whole movie with her and I know what she wants and what she's struggling with and all of these different things. It's just kind of, you know, she is just also there with Dennis and now they love each other because movie, you know, because movie. Yeah. um,
0: Yeah. And, and again, yeah, it, it would definitely would have been interesting. I mean, this is an hour and 50 minutes and it doesn't really feel like it, no. at least for me. So it's like I honestly would have could have taken this as a little bit of a longer movie because that's the thing with like adapting, you know, King books again, because like his books tend to be pretty lengthy. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, and a lot of the films don't, you know, usually um allow to like kind of be these longer films like except when we see them in like mini series forms which i feel like that's why some of the mini series are you know highly regarded as some of the better adaptations because they're able to like kind of spend a little more time with it but yeah it, it does always surprise me that like we don't have more of those like you know like good two and a half hour you know movies to really you know sip you know you know let the let some of these things breathe a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and it's not necessarily a case of I need this to be a super long movie because mm-hmm. I it's an 80s essentially an 80s slasher movie with a car. So I don't know if it needs to be super super in depth. I just think maybe focus a little bit more time on Lee uh, and her relationship with Dennis, and which also I think could again uh, add to the mythology of Christine and everything. It's not just Purely character stuff, but it works both ways of of involving the or uh, really evolving the character of of Christine and why this is happening to Arnie. Like I understand Carpenter's, you know, uh, kind of creative decision to maybe want to make this a little bit more lean and to make it a little bit more mysterious because the answers, you know, it's that thing with horrors like the answers aren't as satisfying as what you could drum up in your mind. Uh, But I think uh, a little bit more. Uh, uh, to why Christine is this way, maybe Lee could be the the reason that the audience finds about that stuff. I think it just kind of helps everybody become a, like given a little bit more uh, uh time to time to mm, grow. Yeah. So yeah, I think an hour and fifty minutes is enough time to do that. So maybe just focus, you know, the effort a little. Well, but what more would you have taken away?
0: Because really, the only thing to kind of Take away to add to that stuff i guess would be like the bully things but like you kind of need the bully things somebody's as well. Gonna die. yeah for yeah for obvious horror purposes and like those narrative purposes so it's like that's why i'm saying like well i guess we just gotta make it a little longer because like i can't really think of anything that like for sure like taken away to be able to beef up yeah. some more of this yeah. character stuff yeah and I i'm think, just saying yeah, like for I, sure. I wouldn't mind hanging out in this in like this this for me at least like this kind of a uh, story is a story for me that like I could like sit and watch for like a good amount of time. Yeah. And, like, and I, yeah.
1: I and I I think that is by design too. It's like, well, what would you take out because I think Carpenter tried to make this mm-hmm. as lean as you can. So it's like, well, if you really want to spend more time with these characters, you're going to need a little bit more time because I think Carpenter really wanted this to be uh, uh, lean and mean, which I think it definitely is. Yeah. Well,
0: apparently it's going to be remade. Um, and great. I, I don't want them to because I really like this movie. Yeah. Is, um, is uh, Christine still going to be a
1: Plymouth, or is she going to be like? Yeah. A, is she? Is, okay. I by swear that if logic Chris, <laughs> I swear
0: of Christine is a fucking smart car, a Prius. <laughs> a, uh, oh, I know you drive a
1: Prius, but but I it's swear if Christine it's not is an, an intimidating Prius. <laughs> vehicle. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I. I by um, that logic man. of if. Christine in this movie is 20 years old. Uh, oh, okay. uh, Christine so. now has to be from 2002. Oh, then so. it's a Mustang GT. <laughs> it's got everybody be, yeah. wanted
0: the Mustang GTS. <laughs> those fucking stupid looking race
1: car motherfuckers. Christine
0: is going to be a Ford Taurus, uh, <laughs>
1: and she's going to be very affordable. So <laughs> and get, and get pretty moderate gas mileage.
0: It, uh, <laughs> a, a, a Mitsubishi Eclipse convertible. <laughs> That's a very 2003 car. That those Eclipse spiders. Yeah, I oh because yeah. it has to have an intimidating name. There you go, Eclipse oh, Spider. Good God.
1: Yeah, I don't really think. That that this is something that I need to see redone because I don't no. think it's benefited by time. I don't really think that there's anything modern that I, th- again, it's got to be the techno- technological smart car kind of thing, which is just not as interesting no. to me personally. I don't know. It's just there's uh, nothing that, yeah, to, yeah uh, there's nothing to
0: add, yeah, like besides updating the car model, there's nothing yeah. to add, like you know, because. Cars, I mean, have been around for so long, and they kind of still stand for a lot of the same things, you know. So it's like, yeah, what, what could you explore? It's gonna be
1: a a Tesla. Just you fucking wait. And yeah, and like what,
0: and it corrupts the driver
1: to to buy too much crypto, and (laughs) you know,
0: and like you know where, yeah, where are you gonna go from that? But that doesn't
1: sound. That sounds like uh, the real world to me. It doesn't sound like a horror movie. But uh,
0: yeah. So, (laughs) so uh, to to wrap it up, uh, what how many honks are you (laughs) given? for Christine. How many, how many times are you honking for Christine?
1: Oh, man. Uh, yeah, for me, the, I still stand by. Uh, I think that this is uh, definitely not one of Carpenter's best, uh, but I think he gives this movie his best, if that, if that makes sense. I think that he injects this movie with enough style uh, and thrills and gives this like a frankly like it's it's pretty effective and it's pretty creepy at times and, and Christine is a menace which is uh, a surprise I think this really could have been uh, way way sillier uh, like another Stephen King movie <laughs> that we're going to be talking about later still involving like mm. uh, vehicles and transportation stuff like that can't wait to talk about that uh, but yeah I think that there is some character stuff that is kind of sorely lacking in this film uh, which is as a result of this movie being as Lean and as mean as it is but still really appreciate the creativity a lot of really sick imagery happening in this thing the score is super fun carpenter always of course delivers on that so yeah for me uh this is at a crisp three and a half out of five hawks
0: oh three and a half that's higher from the from the way you've been talking about this film i thought you were gonna go lower because I, I think i'm giving this film a, a little more credit than you know because I, I i definitely saw a little bit more than um just kind of Uh, beyond the killer car aspect of it all maybe it's just because of some of my previous history with vehicles and like what that's meant and Mm -hmm. you know like you know it took me a while before I even had my first car so it was like a lot of me like you know sharing sharing my parents cars sure. or and this or, is a coming of age or, movie so if it's a similar yeah, experience I or that yeah. or that like you know that relationship of like having to like ride with your friends all the time and yeah. like you know him yeah. having to rely on dennis and so i i got you know quite a bit out of uh arnie's story on um you know and i like that it doesn't have a happy ending for him unfortunately like for sure because again i do think that some of these things and like insecurities were already there yeah and, uh, you know, might have manifested in one way or another. So, like, his, you know, just his full obsession. And, you know, obviously the, the car's power that holds over him. But, you know, the the car doesn't, you know, they, they never seem to, like, explicitly, like, is the car, like, you know, can the car manipulate his feelings at all? Or is the car just
1: alive? And well, these are his true, genuine feelings that are yeah. corrupting him. There is a, a so. sequence where he's talking to Lee on the phone. And he kind of, like... Uh, she, they're having an argument, and like he just lashes out and like gets super mad and says some hurtful things to her, and then slams the phone down, and then immediately picks it up and it is like, "Lee, are you are you still there?" Like you can kind of see like that glimpse mm-hmm. of his original self still in it. So yeah, I think it definitely yeah. uh, definitely impacts like how he mm-hmm. treats people for sure, and also wanting to literally murder people, you know? <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I found I found Ar Arnie's
0: story compelling. Uh, his His friendship with Dennis uh, had enough uh, richness to it to, uh, you know, make up for the the lack of... depth that we got in the relationship between him and lee yeah um i think we got enough of his parents as well and um i just yeah i really love the the very clean presentation to the film um really showing off some of carpenter's strengths as far as you know iconic imagery mm-hmm. um these kinetic scenes in his horror like you know his his horror scares are you know he he uh succeeds in like those thrilling scenes like he's sure. not a uh as much of a suspense you know not that he can't do suspense because he obviously can but like he's very much like i think he excels at like these kind of more kinetic yeah these like kinetic set pieces that are just really fun uh engaging visually enticing and um i really like how the score creeps its way in throughout more of the film like in the first like 30 minutes or so it doesn't really get used too much and then as, you know, Christine's influence kind of grows, we kind of hear the score kind of come out more throughout mm-hmm. the film. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's a really good one as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, and and again, like, you know, the creativity that they they came up with and, um, you know, the the way that Christine is not only characterized, but then also, you know, portrayed as, you know, a. A uh, menacing force as well. So I'm going. I'm honking four times for for Christine.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, for uh, for sure, a lot to uh, applaud with this uh, stylistically too. So yeah, I definitely think Arnie is given given a lot to do. But as far as some of the supporting characters, would have preferred to spend a little more time for them. But yeah, well someday we need to we need to nail down exactly what our scales is for me. Cause uh, three and a half out of five. That's that's a seven out of ten for me. That means I well, liked yeah. it. It's more than positive. It's just missing that edge to be like I like this was mm-hmm. really really. good good it's just missing a little bit for me so yeah seven is still that's still a win you know oh yeah i'm not saying
0: that's not a good score i'm saying that's a better score than i was anticipating because uh, I, I, see, I i see. I, I had the the impression i got is you uh seemed underwhelmed by the film so i was thinking i was predicting that you were going to be like more in the six i was i
1: was right at yeah i was i was right at whelmed i i went i've I, like i said i've seen this before <laughs> knew what right to expect whelmed. i was completely whelmed by this movie yeah
0: and i mean because four out of five for me is like yeah an eight but i'll say this might even skew closer to like an eight and a half Ooh. but i'm not going to give it a nine so it's yeah. not a four and a half I see. so this would I be see. Closer to an eight and a half. Yeah, me. one
1: day I, you and I will 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 maybe do an entire dedicated episode to the the idea of grading horror movies. Maybe or we'll, grading movies. Kind of, it's a sliding scale for yeah. sure.
0: Well, we're gonna do a lot of um, you know, end of the year recap in January. So yeah. maybe we can uh, uh get our scales in somewhere in there or something. But uh, let's uh go ahead and talk about the other films that we were thinking about while watching Christine.
1: Alright, here on the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club, we like to end our show with a bit of a game called Movie Math. It's pretty simple. You just take a couple of movies, you add them together, multiply, divide, subtract, uh, whatever you want to do. All of which just has to equal the movie that we talked about today. Uh, so, Devon, your uh, your equation, uh, you got multiple things going on here. You've got parentheses going on. Uh, walk me through it. What are you thinking? Oh, yeah, we got
0: a, we got a classic here. Um, so, we got, in a parentheses, we got some addition going on. Um, I recently watched Crash for the first time earlier this year. Um, I, I, need, I need to give it a whirl. I haven't seen it yet. It's goody. goodie. I got the, here, I'll let you borrow the Criterion on your way out. Thanks. Um, it's a, you know, I, I love the exploration of, you know, when when love, when human love and feelings aren't enough and you kind of start looking for um, feeling elsewhere mm-hmm. and um, the, the relationship that these people have with, um, you know, with cars. But in crash, it's more about the actual crashes themselves and the injuries that people sustain mm-hmm. th- in these crashes. Um, it, you know, so it's like you, you very much see that like once... Uh, James Spader's character that's exposed to this world you know he um you know grows this like you know very much you know obsessive addiction to it mm-hmm. and uh kind of pushes you know it pushes uh his desires but it also changes his relationships with those around him as far as you know the people he's making friends with but then also his wife their whole relationship kind of changes um because of his exposure to um this uh this uh, sexual taboo going on, mm-hmm.
1: uh, very fascinating film. David Cronenberg talking about sex and like technology and all that kind of stuff. I yeah, would never, what? I would never. Who,
0: Cronenberg? <laughs> what? No, that's crazy. He w- he would never. Um, and then uh, you know, add that to um, famous uh, famous, uh, kind of a memey film in a way, but also yeah. is a little bit more serious than you'd expect. It is Rubber, uh, mm-hmm. the movie about the uh, the psychic tire. Hell that yeah. goes around killing people with yep. telekinesis uh, of those that wrong him, um, and he very much has a personality they characterize him. And like, even though obviously they, it, it's so silly that they have to be tongue in cheek about it. Yeah, but they still play it like kind of more seriously than as, you'd expect. As, as it.
1: seriously as you can, yes, you know? <laughs> like
0: yeah, as seriously as you can take this one. Um, so I got those two in a parenthesis and divided by to ten. Um, again, like just kind of uh the this like relationship that has like kind of changed. I I'm dividing it because I'm very much more kind of going with some of the style um and removing some of because the themes are very different. Like 100%. they're they're exploring yeah. way different themes and stories and narratives. So it's like kind of the style um a little bit and the way that um you know the that these cars can be titillating and sensual in a way and um you know, and and even I, I kind of want a a movie to go into that even more, yeah. Because like I mean, people really do like kind of have these very strange, strong feelings about cars, mm-hmm. and I kind of want that explored even more than any of these films do. But uh, so, just mainly for some stylistic choices to ten, with some great needle drops as well. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I'm feeling for my equation. Uh, what do you got going on? is a little more simple.
1: Mine's a little simple here. Um, one of which is a movie that I have talked about uh, here on the pod before, which is Duel, uh, the Steven Spielberg uh, TV movie. Uh, it was a uh, pre-Close Encounters, pre-Jaws Steven Spielberg. I'll shout it out once again. If you have not seen it, definitely do yourself a favor. Super, su- <clears throat> super, super uh, simple. Uh, so the ingredients that I'm taking from this one are the idea of, no, in Duel it's not like a you know, a killer car that has a mind of its own, but it's this idea of this car this vehicle just kind of barreling after you being this almost kind of unstoppable monster. Uh, In Duel you don't see the driver of the car so it might as well be you know, uh, this Mm. car with a mind of its own uh, just trying to kill this guy. It's a really stripped down uh, really, really fun movie. Probably one of my favorite TV movies. Uh, It's really really terrific. Mm. Um, And then I'm adding that with the love bug which if that doesn't sound familiar it's the herbie movie from the 80s uh, uh christine also uh, has some tricks up her sleeve uh, is a car with a mind of its own with a personality uh but also this idea of like in the love bug you have a protagonist who you know it, it needs this car and they kind of are able to give them this what they wanted and Herbie it's a race car driver and mm-hmm. he just sucks at it and wants to be a better race car driver so uh, Herbie is able to help him out in that regard and in this movie you've got the nerdy kid who wants the girl who wants the autonomy and Christine is able to fulfill that but at what cost so yeah there's definitely some, uh, some other things probably some Carpenter kind of just vibes that I could give this movie if I really wanted to I could probably multiply it um, by you know maybe Maybe, maybe the fog, uh, maybe a, another very vibey Carpenter movie. But yeah, uh, you got Killer Cars, you've got Smart Cars. Uh, to me, that equals Christine.
0: There should um, we should come around full circle in the Christine remake and have it be starring Lindsay Lohan. Hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with some with some Herbie callbacks. Um, haven't seen Bumblebee, but obviously uh, Bumblebee and Transformers, we all know that he like talks through the radio. So yeah. some some Christine yeah, for sure.
1: Christine is also a Decepticon, a hundred percent. Oh yeah, Christine <laughs> is
0: totally a Decepticon. Her and yeah. Starscream would make the worst couple ever. Oh, God, uh, I, they I, would be uh, insufferable. I do kind of <laughs> want to
1: see Christine as a Transformer, though. I'd be really into that. <laughs> what would she look like? Well, like, Like so if Christine was a
0: woman, what would Christine look like? Well, Uh, if if
1: it's going by the Michael Bay uh, Transformer world, she's going to have a big crab face. Looks like complete (laughs) nonsense. Just looks looks like metal cabbage. Uh, You're not even going to be. You ever seen those Transformers movies? Like, it's not like the cartoon to where there's simple shapes and stuff. Oh, I was talking. (laughs) I I thought you were saying, what is Christine going to look like? As a transformer, or I said. As, as,
0: I said as a woman. Oh, it's so like a I human thought, woman. So I thought you were saying that Megan Fox's face looked like cabbage. No, I was. I was like, Gary, no, what are you saying? I'm saying right if now? she was
1: a transformer, Devon. I thought we were talking about transformers. No, if she was a person.
0: No, if she was a person. I don't care what she looks like as a. If she was a person, given
1: given her. <laughs> I thought you wanted me to describe. Her as a transformer. Anyway, <laughs> oh god. Um, oh, yeah, uh, no, I th- I I think that she would have this classic 1950s kind of attitude. So uh, you know, think think Grease, think Sandy at the end of the movie with the leather and everything. That's kind of how I kind of how I see her personally. Hmm.
0: I mean, I see her with a little. I see her with a. She's. I mean, she's a classy lady, but she's sassy. Mm-hmm. You
1: mm-hmm. know. <laughs>
0: um. You know, I would. I would kind of see her as share. Share like '80s share of that era. Yeah, I like, could see, or yeah. or um a uh, share in fucking Witches of Eastwick. Oh, I see. Gosh, she's yeah. so hot in that movie. You're and I, it, that, I think that's what Christine would look Cher like.
1: Share is a stone cold killer. You heard it here first.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first. You damn right she is. Uh, yeah. But I, I enjoyed talking about this movie. I'm glad I got to watch it for the first time for this. Um next week we were um, supposed to be getting the Salem's Lot remake but I did not realize that it got pushed back uh, to 2023 so
1: Yeah I saw that on the schedule and I was like oh god are we going to have to watch the, the TV movie that thing is like 6 fucking hours long No we're watching the <laughs> we're watching the Toby Hooper one Okay we, we okay. Are, we're going to watch uh, Toby Hooper's
0: uh Salem lot which is 3 hours not not 6 though this uh, is a longer one for yeah, the for the pod sorry, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna talk the uh, Hooper Salem's Lot. I gotta, to... yeah, set aside
1: a whole evening to watch this thing. Oh yeah, we're, many old fashions for, yeah, for that this one. This isn't gonna be one that we can uh, you know we can uh, sit back and, and and watch just before the the pod starts. So we got to prep for this. Yeah, no, we're <laughs> we're
0: gonna have to yeah definitely do a little prep for this one. But uh, I don't know if I've actually seen it because it was kind of one of those cases of. I thought it was Pet Cemetery, but I was watching Pet Cemetery. You
1: know, it's it's a movie that I have seen and I own, uh, but unfortunately, my Blu-ray is probably in storage back home. So I, uh, I'm probably going to have to find this one online. Hopefully, it's streaming.
0: Yeah, we'll figure it
1: out. <laughs> but uh, anyways, what are you working on right now? Oh, you know, I'm uh, really working on some uh, TikTok stuff. I've got some cool things uh, prepped and in my mind of what I want to do for Halloween as far as recommendations and what you can watch on different streaming services. So give me a follow um, at Garrett McDowell if you want to see some of that fun stuff. Uh, Same thing for Twitter, uh, just at Garrett McDowell, always talking about movies over there and promoting whatever I've got going on. Uh, but if you want some more podcast goodness in your ears, you can uh, subscribe to the Scum and Villain podcast, which is my Star Wars podcast that uh, I do with my buddy Noah. Uh, we always got new episodes on Tuesdays, uh, so we would love to have you guys over there.
0: Yes, yes, of course. We always have links to all that in the show notes, by the way, guys. Um, so if you aren't subscribed to all of Garrett's things, make sure you go do that. Do it! Um, You can um, find me, as always, on Twitter and Instagram at underscore daddy disco. Uh, Recently did a uh, guest spot on psychoanalysis podcast, which is one of my absolute favorite horror podcasts. Uh, They take a look at horror films through a mental mental health lens and mental illness. And um, they a couple of the co-hosts are actual psychologists themselves. So it's very fun. We talked about Blade and uh, talked about how much he meant to me as a child and yeah. got some got some fun stories in there. And I, f- I feel like
1: you've guest starred on multiple podcasts to talk about Blade. I feel like you're the Blade no, guy. I is this ta- the first one? Uh-uh.
0: I, I haven't may- talked Blade on on any what podcast. Kind of, what kind
1: of Mandela effect is that then? Maybe I was just thinking that if, if somebody I needed talked, a Blade, it's got to be Devon.
0: I talked about Blade talked about the blade movies on my very first podcast which was like back in 2016 2017 but no i've not uh talked about i try not to repeat movies when i guest on other pods the only one i've done that with is i think i've talked about american psycho
1: on two different pods Okay.
0: no no i've talked about the fly on two different pods oh. i
1: almost talked about the fly on a third pod because Dang. i love the fly <laughs> you, you gotta hit him with that reverse uno card and you could talk about the vincent price one you know yeah. like oh yeah we're talking about the vincent price one right and they're like wait no and then you could uh, you could surprise them because i see you've got the collection over there i so. do oh. i
0: got the whole i got the whole box um but yeah so uh go uh check out cycle analysis and um Whenever that episode will be coming up at some point and I'll uh, make sure you guys are, um, you know, follow, keep an eye on our socials because we're going to have some fun stuff to announce to you guys here pretty soon, but let's go, go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Bloody blunts in my club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Make sure you're subscribed. So you don't miss an episode. You can follow us on social media at bloody blunts pod on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, if you're listening on Apple podcasts or Spotify, Leave us five stars and a nice little review. We appreciate you. Until next time, guys, stay lifted.